Corinthians chapter number three. If you want to go ahead and be turning there, um, I'm thankful for those that have come by tonight to support me preaching, some dear friends, and of course my grandparents, as I've already mentioned, thank them for coming, and thank you for being in your place, um, everyone who's here. Um, Good to know I haven't scared you away every time that I've preached before now. And you're just like, well, no, I've already heard him once. and We can't get no better than that. In reality, it's probably, well, it can't get much worse than that. So let's see how, better, how much more it can improve. And so, but thank you all for being here. But as I said, we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. The title of my message is Milk or Meat. Um, and as I read it, it'll kind of make a little more sense um, as I read the scripture here, but I'm going to read the whole verses 1 through 15. If you are willing and able, if you wouldn't mind to stand in reverence of reading God's word, I'm going to read the whole passage here and then just kind of break it down and look at a few different things <clears throat> in the scripture here. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? Excuse me, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. For if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire." And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And so you can be seated. And so this evening, I'm going to try to, with the Lord's help, preach to you um, what I've entitled Milk or meat. And so let's go to the Lord, let's pray one last time, and then we'll dive right into this. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the day that you've given us, and Lord, just thank you so much for who you are, Lord, for what you are. Lord, I want to ask you now just to be with me, Lord, as I try to preach your word, and Lord, as I try to give what you've given to me, and Lord, I pray that you would just move in a great and mighty way. Just help me to say only that that you would have me to say, Lord, use me. Fill me, Lord. I love you and I thank you. I thank you for what you've given to me already and how you've helped me. I pray that you'd help me to convey it the same way that you've given it to me. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As I said, we'll be <clears throat> talking about milk or meat. And really just kind of, I want to look at through here with that thought in mind of milk or meat. And then the points that I have just kind of run, run through that. And so the first thing that I want to look at is the rebuke 
that is given in this from Paul. He is talking to this, and he is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, and he is writing to them, and he is rebuking them in the first four verses for not growing. And so I wanna look at the rebuke here in the first four verses, and we'll read them once again, and then we'll look at them kind of break them down, but the Apostle Paul is rebuking the church of Corinth here, and he says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? And so the first thing that we notice as you look at this is we find the reason that they are being rebuked. It's because they are still acting as babes in Christ. They have not grown at all. They are still babes. They're not able to partake of the meat of God's word. They're still having to be fed with milk. They cannot handle the meat. They are still having to just take the milk of God's word because they are still babes. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So here... In 1 Peter, we see the example of as a newborn babe in Christ, as a new believer, you are going to seek that milk of the word so that you can grow. You're going to be looking for that milk for the graciousness of the Lord there in verse number three where it says, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So as a new believer, you're desiring that milk. You want to be fed. You want to learn of the graciousness and the goodness of God. But that doesn't last real long. You just start getting into that. You start learning of the goodness and the graciousness of God. And then it doesn't take long. You're desiring more and you're desiring more and you want more and you want more so you grow to where you're no longer that babe in Christ where you just have to receive the milk of God's goodness and graciousness, but you can start partaking of the meat of what is in God's word of what we should do, what we shouldn't do, how we should live our lives, and what is right and what is wrong, and you can handle that without getting offended and just getting your toes stepped on and just turning away because you're desiring it. And because it's from God's word, you can handle that meat. But he is rebuking the church in Corinth here because he can't give them the meat of what God has given to him. All he can give them is that milk, just the goodness and the graciousness of God. That's all he's able to give them. He can't give them meat yet. So he's rebuking them for that. And then we look at those that are more mature, those that are grown, those that are partaking in the meat. We see in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving." So those that are eating that meat, if you will, those that are, have grown, they've graduated from that milk. They no longer want that milk. Everything that they've been taught, that the pastor has stood up here, the preacher has stood up here and proclaimed of the meat of God's word, they're partaking of that with thanksgiving. They're rooted in that word. They're like, if it's God's word, I want it. I want to learn it. I don't care if it 
kind of makes me kind of, oh, well, that hurt. No, if it's God's word, I want it because they're, that, they're to that point where they're eating that meat. They don't mind chewing on it a little bit. They don't mind if it's got a little gristle in it. They want to chew on it, and they want to ruminate on it, and they want to grow with that meat. Because I know if, if it's me, if I have a glass of milk sitting here and a steak, and I only get to pick one, I promise you I'm picking the steak. I, don't, I, I mean, I love milk, but I, that's not going to be my choice. I want that steak. And it's the same with God's Word. I want what's going to help me to grow even more. I want that meat, something I have to chew on, that I have to spend some serious time digesting digesting and just and ruminate on so that I can grow, so that I can continue to be rooted and I can continue to be built up and I can be established in my faith as, it's, as he wrote to them there in Colossians telling them to be that abounding therein with thanksgiving. And that's how I want to be. And that's an example of those that are partaking of that meat, that want that meat. They're more mature. They can handle it. And so that is why he is rebuking them, really looking at it, is they're, no long, they're not mature Christians. They cannot handle the meat. All they can partake of is the milk. And one of the things that we see, or one of the main the two main things that we see really here in this, we have examples of why they are not growing. And if you'll look in verse number three, the Bible says, after he has talked to them and he has said to them in verses one and two that I can only speak to you or only give you milk, I can't give you the meat, and we have the reason why in verse number three it says, for ye are yet carnal. And then he says, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? And I want to look at Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21, and we've been there in Galatians a lot here recent, but as we look here, we see, and we know this is the works of the flesh, but in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21, the Bible says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife. Now, we just saw that. We just read that in 1 Corinthians. So there's strife as one of the works of the flesh, seditions, heresies, envyings. There's another one, murders, drunkenness, rebelling, and such like. So that covers the next one that we see there in 1 Corinthians. All three of the things that he mentions to them of why they are yet carnal and why they're still carnal and they can't partake of that meat, we find as works of the flesh. So they're still living in their flesh, and they're fulfilling the works of the flesh. They aren't living that spirit-filled life. They're living after the flesh. And so they are carnal, and they cannot partake of that meat. All they can partake of is the milk. But we also see that their focus is on men. And that is another reason why he can only give them the milk of the word and not the meat. And in verse number four, it says, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of, of Apollos, are ye not carnal? And then in Colossians chapter two, verse number eight, the Bible says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So their, their eyes are on man. They're not focused on the Word and focused on growing from the Lord. They're focused on the person because they're having an argument amongst themselves 
you have a group over here that says, well, I'm of Paul. I was, I was saved under Paul. I accepted Christ under Paul. And others over here, well, I accepted Christ under Apollos. So I'm of Apollos. I'm not of Paul. And they're, they're going back and forth at one another because they're of two, saying they're of two different ones. Say, well, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. And they're arguing and they're really very immature in the arguing of, hey, well, this is what I am. And they're focused on man not on the word. And when you have that, you are classified and you can basically classify yourself according to scripture as a carnal Christian. If you're focused on man and you're looking at man and you're saying, well, I'm of this crowd or I follow this crowd or this person is who I follow, just that's who I'm of, that's what I know, that is carnal. Where none of us are of a certain person and that's kind of what I want to get to on the next point here. But looking at none of us are as one person, but <clears throat> we says um, in verse number five, it says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. In verse number six, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And that brings me to the next Point that I want to bring out, and what we want, what I want to notice in this is, we not only first of all see the rebuke that was given to these believers because they're carnal; they can't partake of the meat; they can only partake of the milk. And the reason why is because their focus is on men, and they're just living that carnal lifestyle, fulfilling the lust of the flesh. But secondly, I want to notice the rank of the men that they're associating themselves with. Of hey, well, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos. Well, how do they rank? How do those men rank? Well, I'm glad you asked. Paul and Apollos rank exactly the same. There's no difference between the two of them. One, if you were to say, I'm of Paul or I'm of Apollos, you're saying I'm of the same one. Because if you'll look in verse number six of 1 Corinthians chapter three, Paul says to them, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And if you think of those that are, this illustration he's giving here of someone who is sowing the seed and someone who is coming behind and watering the seed, neither one of them is more important than the other. You think of gardening, if you're going out and planting it, and then you're going out and watering it, neither one of them is more important than the other. It's just when you get the increase, that's when it's important, just that it's done. Neither one of them is more important than the other. And it's important that we realize that and understand that. And when you're getting your focus on men or on people, you're getting yourself into that carnal mindset and you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up to fall back into that lifestyle, fulfilling the lust of the flesh and the works of the flesh and not living in the spirit and having those fruits of the Spirit in your life. And I had just a few uh, illustrations of how you might have a Paul and an an Apollos in our day-to-day, who they might consist of. Well, you could think of it this way. You have the preacher who is up here proclaiming God's Word, and he is giving the gospel. A soul gets under conviction and comes to this altar. Well, then someone deals with them and goes over the plan of salvation with them. Well, if you're looking at men, well, who, who gets credit for their salvation? The pastor who's preaching the word or the altar worker, the soul winner who's down there dealing with them? Neither. One planted, one watered, and God gave the increase. And then you may think of it this way. You've got someone who's out soul winning, passing out gospel tracts, and because of that tract, somebody comes to church, and then the pastor preaches a message, and they get saved right there in their seat. Well, who gets credit for that one? God. 
The soul winner and the preacher are the same. They're, they're, neither one of them is more important than the other. And you could also put it as the track and the soul winner. Which one of those gets more credit? The one who made that track or the soul winner? Neither one. God is the one that gives the increase. They are both one. The soul winner, the preacher, the altar workers, the person who makes those tracks, whoever you want to put as a person, whatever they do, they're all equal. None of them are better than the other. They are all on an equal standing in God's eyes. The only one that stands above is God because he is the only one that can give the increase. Now, we, as Christians, we can... We can, I guess, get a response from someone. We can push and get someone to make a profession, or we can push for someone to do something. You might can have someone in, in the pew that is under conviction, and you can go back there, and you can push and prod and do all you can and try to get them to say a prayer or to do something, especially with little kids. Um, you can get them to say a prayer, get them to do something, and claim, well, I, got, I led them to the Lord, and they got saved, but did God give the increase? Maybe not. So it's important that you don't just push someone to pray a prayer and trying to get someone so that you get a notch in your belt, if you will, of, well, I got to lead somebody else to the Lord. I got to lead somebody else to the Lord. It's important that you're faithful to share God's word and proclaim it and give the gospel, but they've got to be ready and willing to accept Christ, and they've got to be ready and willing, hey, I want, to, I want to receive Christ, and I don't know what to pray. Can you help me with what to pray? Yeah, I can help you with the prayer that you can pray. They're not you don't have to pray a specific prayer, but I can tell you one that, that's good enough that you can pray that'll, that'll help. And you can help them, lead them in the sinner's prayer, and they can accept Christ, but it's going to be a heart decision is the only way they're going to be saved. Not because of a prayer they prayed, not because of anything you did or anything you told them. It's only because God can give the increase. And so when you look at the rank here in this of I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, one of the things that's pulling them down and making them more carnal to where they cannot partake of the meat, there's no sense in it. And we have to be careful because in our churches, we can get our eyes on people. We can look at someone that, and we can just focus on them. Man, they are, they are serving the Lord. Man, they are on fire for the Lord. And they are who I want to look up to. And that's a good thing, to have role models to look up to and to look at. But we always must understand that they are a man, and they can't save no one, and they can fall just as easy as we can. Now, are they supposed, as, as pastors, those in leadership, are those the ones that are great to look at? Absolutely, because they're called of God to live that life of an example. Everyone's called to live in a life of an example, but they've been placed in that a little bit higher position of responsibility and a little bit more, hey, I better make sure I'm living right because there's a whole lot more people expecting it of me, and I need to be setting that example for people to follow. But are they any better than the person on the pew that needs to be an example? Absolutely not. The person standing behind this pulpit and the person sitting in that pew, there's no difference between the two. And we can do the exact same things when it comes to eternity and the things that are eternal. There's no difference between me and you. It all matters is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters. And so it's important not to get our eyes on the ranks of men and who they are and put, oh, well, this man's here, this person's here. No, we're all the same. And there's no difference among us. God gives the increase. But here in this, that's one of the reasons why they were being rebuked was because they were focused on their rank. But then the third thing that I want to notice in this passage here as we begin to 
go on through here, and we've gone through the first little bit, but as we look in verse number 11, <clears throat> um, and well, we'll start in verse number 10, sorry, in verse number 10, 11 and 12, <clears throat> the Bible says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And so I want to look at the riches that they are building up those that are carnal and those that are spiritual, that are more mature, that are eating the meat, and those that are eating the milk, what are the riches that they are going to be building up, and what is the foundation that they're building upon? Now, all those that have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, their foundation has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. And that's what he's talking about here. Other foundation can no man lay than the foundation that is, which is Jesus Christ, um, the foundation that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ, that foundation is laid, you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is the foundation that you have. Now, it's up to you what you build upon it. What are you going to build on that foundation? He gives us a couple different examples of things that can be built upon it, and you'll find those that are carnal that are only partaking of the milk, the goodness and the graciousness of God, that's all they can handle, and how good God is, and how loving He is, and how gracious He is, and how merciful He is, and that's all they can really handle without getting offended and just, just upset and mad, they're going to be building wood, hay, and stubble. They're going to be living for the present. Because babes, those that are young, you think of even young children and the youth, they live for the present for the immediate. If you give them a whole handful of candy, um, they're going to want to eat all of it right then. They don't want to save none of it. They want to eat it all right then. They don't have, you can't, they don't think in the mindset of, no, this is going to last. I want something that's going to last me. I want to enjoy this for a really long time. But as you get a little more mature and you get a little bit older, you start looking for things that are going to last. And you start enjoying those things that are going to be there for a longer time a lot more. It's like, hey, no, I'm going to invest and I'm going to build on something that's going to last for a long time. So I'm going to have these memories and I can look back on it. But those that are still young in the Lord, that are still considered babes in Christ, they're going to be building wood, hay, and stubble upon their foundation. But those that are more mature, they're going to be building with gold, silver, and precious stones. They're going to be building with those things that are going to last, those things that aren't just going to pass away, that aren't going to be burned in the fire. Because as we've read, there is a fire coming that's going to try those works and that that has been built. And so we're going to find out, hey, is it going to stand? If you're a baby in Christ and you can't handle the meat and you don't understand all of God's word, you can't dive deep and chew on that meat and just process it and just ruminate on it and enjoy it, you're not going to understand the importance of building with gold, silver, and precious stone. If you're just that baby in Christ, you're just getting that goodness and graciousness, 
You think it's fine to build the wood, hay, and stubble. It's fine just to live my life the way I want to or just get all I can while I'm down here. I'll come to church on Sunday morning, maybe on Sunday night if I'm feeling like it. We might even go on Wednesday night sometimes. You never know. We might go, but that's really all you do. But you're building for now. You're living for now. Now, there's nothing wrong with having things now and living and getting things now, but we shouldn't be living for now. We should be living for eternity and the things that are eternal. Enjoy things that are now. Enjoy the temporal. Enjoy family. Enjoy things that you can get. But to be a mature Christian, you're going to be setting things up for eternity. And if you're sitting down, maybe you're going on a vacation or you're going on a time, but the Lord presses on your heart to stop, stay a little bit longer and witness to somebody, your mind's not going to be, well, man, I just got to get out to the lake. I don't really want to sit here and talk with this person. It's going to take away from all my fishing time or all my time just sitting here or doing this or whatever this is. You're not going to be making excuses no matter what you're doing in the temporal when the Lord opens a door for you to witness and be a light and to win a soul that's going to last for eternity, you stop and you witness to them, whether it's the Lord just burdens on your heart to give them a track, just to go out of your way to do that, you want to do that above all else. No matter what you're doing or where you're at, your mind is still on the eternal, and you're looking for the opportunities to lay up treasures that will last and investing in things that are eternal. And so that's that building upon that foundation with gold, silver, and precious stone. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 18, the Bible says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So there once again, just kind of reiterating what I just said, the souls of men are eternal. The things you can't see, those things, you're laying up those things as an eternal reward, whereas so many are caught up in just their life down here and just their carnal minds. They're focused on, well, it's just us down here. We're building it up. God's good. God's gracious. He saved me from hell. And I've got my fire insurance, if you will, and I don't have to do a whole lot of else and I don't have to worry about everybody else and just go on about their way. That is the mindset of a babe in Christ. Now, that person could have been saved for, may have been saved for 5, 10, 15 years. Sometimes you find someone who's been saved that long, but they've never grown. They're still partaking of the milk of God's word. Now, a lot of times if they're still that young or they're, they're, they've been saved that long, they've either started to grow and started to partake of that milk and then just fell away because something happened and who knows. But most of the time, people that stick with church, even as babes, they stick with it through the tough for just a little while. They start growing. They start eating that meat. Then they start realizing how good it is. And you think of, of kids when they first start getting that where they, their teeth and they can start chewing stuff and they start tasting the stuff that we get to eat all the time. They're like, man, I like this. I don't want my stuff no more. I think of like with Nathaniel illustrating like, and he was eating baby food and all everything pureed and that's all he was eating. Well, then once he started tasting our food and how good it was, he didn't want baby food no more. He's like, when it comes to your mouth, he's like, no, nah, I don't want that. Like, no, get that out of here. I want the good stuff. And it's the same as Christians. Are you still eating the baby food or drinking the milk? Or have you graduated to where you can handle the meat and the good stuff of God's Word? And that brings me to the last point that I have, and that is the reward for those who are growing and mature Christians. And as we look, just kind of looking back there in... um, 
verse number 11 and 12 through verse 15, the Bible says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Verse number 14 says, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And so here we see the reassuring example of this is talking about believers, and he's talking to believers. These that are building upon this foundation, wood, hay, and stubble, everything that they've built up is going to go away. They will not have a reward, but they will be saved, yet so as by fire. They'll be saved. They won't have to perish with everything that they've built up, but they'll have nothing. They'll be standing there empty-handed on that day when everything has been tried. But those that have grown in the Lord and those that are eating that meat, they understand that they're building with gold, silver, and precious stone. That's what i got to be building with. And as they've built up, all that passes through the fire, and it stands. It doesn't burn up. It just gets stronger. And so now they receive a reward. And we find that in verse number 14 where it says, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So there is a reward for those that are building upon this foundation gold, silver, and precious stone. And the question I want to ask to you tonight with that in mind is, what are you building upon this foundation? If you're a born-again believer, you, are, you fall into one of these two categories that I'm preaching about tonight. You're either a Christian who is partaking of the milk. Now, you may be a new believer. You haven't been saved long at all. You need to be enjoying that milk and drinking all of it you can so that you can grow until you can get to the meat. If you're a new believer, you better take advantage of all that you can and just try to get your way to where, all right, I'm waiting on the meat, but I'm enjoying this milk until the meat comes, till I can handle it and get there. And then those that have been saved for a little while, it's time we graduate up from that milk and start taking that meat and start enjoying it and chewing on it and ruminating on it because our pastor has given us a lot of meat from God's Word every service. And that's one of the things I'm thankful for is we're getting a lot from God's Word every service. We have meat to chew on and to take home and to continue to eat on until we come back the next time. We have plenty of meat to chew on and to have, but are we eating it? Or are we just taking the milk that he's having to set out here as well? Because every time the pastor's up here preaching, he's given us that milk and he's given us that meat. You have, for new believers, you have that that's going to be good and start getting you ready and getting you to where you're getting to the meat from the milk, but then you've also got a whole lot of meat for those that are a little more mature and are growing. So my question to you is, what Christian are you? Are you a new believer? Don't be ashamed of that milk at all. That's where you're supposed to be. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's how you grow. You start with the milk. You've been saved for a little while. Have you already got into the meat, or are you still stuck over here on the milk? Where are you at in your life? Are you drinking milk still, or are you eating the meat? That's the questions that I have for you tonight, and kind of what I want to leave you with and give to you is, what Christian are you right now?
Let's bow our heads uh, this evening and ask Abel to come to the piano. Um, <clears throat> we'll have the invitation here. That really is the invitation tonight is where are you at as a Christian? Are you drinking the milk or are you eating the meat? <clears throat> I want to be uh, eating the meat. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be stuck in the milk. Um, I want to be where God wants me to be, where I can enjoy that meat and grow. Now, are there times in my life where I've had to kind of <laughs> drop back to where I had to get a little bit of milk to get ready for the meat once again? Yeah, there have been a couple times where I've had to kind of just, I was more drinking the milk in that message and in that service than I was the meat. Um, but where are you at tonight? Let's all stand uh, tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed. These altars are open. Um, if you want to come down and pray, maybe you want to come down and ask the Lord to help you to continue to eat the meat and not to ever be satisfied with just some milk. Because um, you've always got the milk there. It's always there. Sometimes you've got to be looking for the meat. You've got to be digging for it. and You've got to be watching for it, for it to fall on your plate. I don't want to go tonight without asking. Um, maybe there's one here tonight that you're not a believer. You haven't had that foundation, which is Jesus Christ, laid in your life. You don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. You're here tonight, and you say, well, preacher, I've, I've never been saved. I've never been born again. I don't know what this foundation of Jesus Christ is. If that's you here tonight, I implore you, do not leave this building without accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make is to lay that foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Because then you can build upon it and you can be saved. Now, there are, as I've already read there in Scripture, there are those that they're saved, yet so as by fire and that's all. Because they don't have nothing else. But that ain't the way you want to go out. You want to go out and be saved regardless, but you want to go out and be saved and have a reward. I'd ask you to do me this favor. If you are here tonight and you do not know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, you say, well, I, I don't know 100% in my heart that I'm born again. I don't know. I ask you to just slip your hand up real quiet, um, real slow, just slip it up where I can see it because I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, not going to come pull you down to the altar or anything. I just want to pray for you that the Lord would help you to make that decision, that he'll give you the courage to step out when it's time. And so if, if that's you here tonight and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, just slip that hand up real, real high where I can see it and then slip it back down 